This is Jack Scallions. Would you join me for just a few moments from my heart to yours? For most of my adult life, people have looked to me to make decisions that affected their lives and the ministry. During that time, most were easy and readily appreciated and accepted, and then there were times I found myself out on that proverbial limb with the sound of a saw behind me. So how does a leader in a home, a church, or any organization sort his course of actions? Well, when the Bible is clear by principle or precept, it's quite easy. But some things are not addressed specifically in its pages. In those times, for me, it boils down to three words. The first of these words is the word preferences. I have a preference concerning just about everything, from the flavor of ice cream that I like to the restaurant where I enjoy eating. I might fuss a bit to get my way about my preferences, and I certainly would not fight over them. My preferences concerning the color of the walls or the carpet might be easily relinquished, but then again, I have some very strong preferences that I admit I have no problem getting in a scuffle over but I would not die defending them. There are types of music and dress for men and women, amusements and entertainments for believers, just a sampling. And then there are a few things I believe I'd give my life for. They fall on the heading of convictions. The safety of my loved ones, my belief in biblical authority and major doctrines, as well as my call to preach the gospel, just name a few. To throw down the gauntlet over a preference, or even in some cases a strong preference, I may not deem necessary, but I have been known to defer to others in these matters. The law of love for others, the ministry, and the Savior has often caused me to set aside my will and to relinquish my rights. I want my rights is the rally cry of today's spoiled and selfish masses. The Christian relinquishes all their rights when they say yes to the one who said yes to the cross. Our love for him makes us free in grace, and yet it binds our character to defer as we live for others. I once knew of a family of sisters whose father was a noted evangelist and author. It was his preference that a lady was not to have short hair. As long as their father lived, even after they were married and had children of their own, they did not wear their hair short out of respect for their father. I heard of a well-known pastor who did not have a decorated Christmas tree in his home. I knew his son quite well and recalled that after he established his own home and family, he did not celebrate Christmas by putting up a decorated tree until after his father's homegoing. He simply deferred out of respect for his father. Many, many years ago, when we first started our academy, there was a church school that required their young men to wear warm-ups rather than shorts during their basketball games. Whenever our two teams met in competition, we would defer to them, although their standard was not ours. You say, preacher, that's silly. Maybe so. But I've always believed that altering our life out of genuine respect for others has much to say about the quality of our character. Yes, I believe that as long as we are not asked to violate a scriptural commandment, we are to consider others first. Wives are to defer to husbands, and children are to defer to parents, and employees are to defer to employers. 
in general we all are to respect those god has placed over us and defer to them it never hurts anyone well maybe our pride a bit to give place to others although i am over 80 years old now with a few accomplishments on my record i still stand when approached by a pastor a dignitary a lady or anyone for that matter who needs me the story is told of D.L. Moody inviting a group of speakers from Europe to Northfield. Moody explained to his staff that the custom in their country was to place their shoes outside their door and expect them to be cleaned and polished the next morning. Others walked away from that meeting that day with no intentions of lowering themselves such a menial task. But in the wee hours of the morning, a man silently walked the hallway and picked those shoes up and returned them several hours later cleaned and shined that man was d.l moody no one was there to wash the disciples feet so jesus arose the bible says himself from supper lay aside his garments and in the attire of a servant washed the disciples dirty feet the apostle paul when faced with a group of new christians in the church at corinth who refused to eat meat from the local market that had been part of pagan sacrifices to pagan gods stated if eating meat would make my brother to offend i'll eat no flesh while the world stands lest i make my brother to offend paul recognized the idols as nothing and the meat simply meat yet he chose to defer for the good of those believers the mother of two of jesus disciples asked greatness for her sons jesus explained the principle of deferring perfectly in Matthew chapter 20, when he stated, Whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister or servant. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. First Corinthians chapter 13 explains that love pulls rank over life's decisions and enables a believer to not do what he may have a legitimate right to do. Charles D. Meggs captured the thought of deferring in these challenging words. Lord, help me to live from day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray, my prayer shall be for others. Others, Lord, yes, others, let this my motto be, help me to live for others that I may live like thee. This has been Jack Scallions, and I want to thank you for allowing me the opportunity today to share just a few moments from my heart to yours. <laughs>